Welcome back to another episode of Blockcast. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Hi, I'm Mark, and um, I'm back in action. I'm the <laughs> founder and CEO of Blockhead. <laughs> and this is uh, Timothy Mazier, managing editor of Blockhead. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Well, finally, you're back, huh? Yes. Um, <laughs> I have returned. <laughs> this show has evolved a lot since you left. It's gotten a lot better yeah. since I left, like, put it that way. Like. Yeah, more sophisticated, <laughs> right? Like, come on, like, let's be real, right? It's more. <laughs> It's more sophisticated now, Mark. Like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but welcome back. Welcome back. And Bosley has a Thanks for like, uh, yeah, having me back despite yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Sh- my shortcomings. Yeah, yeah. But, but Bos- Bosley is, is busy today. No time to join us. But, but I think we, we need Bosley. Like, Bosley is like the anchor of the essence, you know, in the sector. <laughs> <laughs> he gives more juice, uh, right? So, Mark, you must step up your game also. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, if, not, if not, you'll be out of roster. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Bench, bench, bench. Yeah, yeah, bench, get bench, get bench. But, but anyway, anyway, welcome back. And yeah, we once again, every week, we have three interesting stories for all of you. And uh, I think this week's story quite interesting, right? And I will begin with the very first story of the week, and that is Bitcoin to the moon, right? Or, or you know, uh, will it go to the moon? That That's the question, right? Bitcoin so to the moon, hun- brackets again? <laughs> yeah, bracket again. Yeah, we, we've heard this one before, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But, but I think this time, you know, the idea is 120,000. I don't know where this number came from, but let me share with you the story, right? So it's 120,000 possible, right? Bitcoin has struggled to stay above 30,000 thus far in 2023. But analysts, uh, analysts, later I'll tell you which analysts, uh, believe the world's leading cryptocurrency will reach 120,000 next year, okay? And the analyst comes from Standard Chartered, right? They announced yesterday that Bitcoin could reach 50,000 this year. Probably they have already stacked up their positions and 120,000 by the end of 2024 due to miners hoarding its supply. Okay, the idea here is from Stan Chart's top FX analyst, Jeff Kendrick, okay, this is what he said. Increased miner profitability per BTC, Bitcoin mine, means that they can sell less while maintaining cash inflows, reducing net BTC supply and pushing BTC prices higher. Okay, so that is what Jeff Kendrick said. And I'm very happy that I managed to pronounce his name properly because when I first see G-E-O-F-F, I always call it Geoff. Geoff? Geoff? But, uh, but I've learned, it's actually Jeff. It's actually Jeff, okay? Yeah, <laughs> okay, so, man. You see, Tim is laughing at us because guy lived in Russia for a long time. Definitely seen all these things, right? Okay, but anyway, no, no, anyway. Just, on, I, Jeff is not that difficult, Reggie. I, I yeah, just yeah. laugh because... And, and I am supposed to be the unsophisticated one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just laughed because earlier you were trying to come up with a name for a producer and I think Gyoff sounds about right. Yeah, Gyoff. Gyoff. Gyoff sounds like this dingy, you know, I don't know, <laughs> unboxer, right? So that would be our new channel. But but yes, what do you think, right? This is what the Stan Chuck analyst said, right? And I think it sounds in a lot of gusto, right? So what do you think? There have been other voices in the market as well. I think that one of them uh, that we featured on a podcast a few weeks ago, right? Marcus Steelen. So he, he is the head of research at Matrix Sport and he you know, recently authored a book, Crypto Titans. That's, yep. That's his book, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy knows his, I would say, Bitcoin history uh, for sure, right? So he, yeah. he, he, he tracks all the details way back, right? And uh, I mean, if you guys have read his book or, or seen or followed our podcast, definitely should pick it up. Uh, so he has also kind of expressed that there's now a 100% probability. What is 100% probability, guys? That means he's certain, uh. Don't lie, don't hide behind probability. (laughs) When you say something is 100% probable, that means you're certain, you know? 
No, but then that then what's the difference between a hundred percent possibility, right? I'm just thinking about the word probable here, but maybe just no, you know, no, no. Me. You see, that's why you just stoop lower than me, right? <laughs> I only mispronounce Jeff, right? But you you st- you went lower, right? We don't go into that discussion. <laughs> we don't go into the discussion. But okay, yes, anyway, please, please. So so he quote unquote, there is now a hundred percent probability of Bitcoin hitting a hundred k US, mm. right? By the end of two zero two four. But what's the basis? Yeah. You can look for his analysis on LinkedIn. He publishes mm. quite frequently. La. Marcus Thielen. I forget the details of his reasoning behind this. But at least for this call, I think he went through like a couple of, of signals and um, based his latest price target on those. La. Basically, he says that Bitcoin will experience another massive bull run and his price target is 125000 mm. And at least from the stand chart report, right? Yeah, this guy is the top FX analyst. But... The predictions and the reasons behind it seem quite simplistic. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought process. <laughs> it's like you tell me it's a technical upswing, momentum, technicality type of you know analysis. I'm like, okay, so be it, right? Because technicals, everybody reading charts, they have their own reads, right? But wow, he 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 went on the whole like shenanigan on a fundamental ground, you know, like minor yeah. hoarding, you know, um, and then, what, adoption then we, and regulation. About, like, uh, I mean, these, these are things we've heard of before, right? So like these four reasons that have been cited: minor hoarding, right? historical cycles, which is what Marcus has brought up. Uh, so this is what he essentially specializes in his thesis, right? So he essentially tracks previous Bitcoin price cycles and, right. and how like, you know, it does experience periods of parabolic growth, right? Followed by significant corrections, okay? And then the third one is uh, adoption and regulation. Uh, as Bitcoin becomes more mainstream, it could, you know, attract more institutional investment and drive prices higher. And then the fourth one, it being an inflation hedge, like digital gold. So these, these four things pretty much, you know, are not new narratives, uh, but it's something that, you know, like comes up fairly often. Uh, you, you will hear people talking about it. Yeah, it, It's yeah. a right time, right place thing. Uh, like all these factors come together at the same moment. Then you're being an economist, right? After effect analysis, right? There's nothing predictive about it, right? <laughs> That's true. Especially That's the true. inflation hedge run. That's the worst reason. Like inflation is already like, you know, I think we have consensus is is picked yes, up already. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, numbers look like it's coming down. And I, I really cannot imagine another round of like crazy inflation pressure, you know. I'm not saying it's impossible, you know, but but it, it should go into quite, you know, like a war situation, then we'll expect some of that kind of massive, crazy mm. inflation mm. again, right? So to call it inflation hedge, I'm like, come on, inflation is over, bro. Right? Like, like at least in my yes, understanding yes. of how inflation cycles work, right? And to call it a hedge is a joke. Yeah, it's like other hedge, hedge uh, already over, see, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, what's a hedge? Right? Well, so, I mean, so, like, people have been talking about this for, like, you know, uh, many years. For, uh, since forever, right? About a year ago in one of our previous podcasts, we also talked about this, right? And yes. we talked about how uh, the whole shit has really broken, right? The correlation is at one with the tech stocks, right? So, so it, uh, it's really been well documented and I don't know where's the inflationary kind of support or like a- anti-hedge or like hedging that, that it has, right? So, it's, it's just so weird. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a weak argument that comes up time and again. Yeah. So, that, that's the thing, right? I think we are, we are unison that, you know, um, nobody is for sure knowing that this 120,000, right? But even if I can take the position of a bull to say that this will be 120,000, all these reasons are so weak. I don't subscribe to a lot of the fundamental reasons. Maybe other than historical cycles, lah, right? There's a okay, compression okay. in the market, there's momentum upswing, you know, it moves up. But it's, it's a lot of technical reasoning, right? But in his argument, you know, uh, the stand chart guy's argument is very fundamental law and I question this kind of analysis uh, because it sounds very baseless. Yeah, relative to what I understand of how fundamentals work. Okay, Tim Draper, he's a a, a big name VC. He's a billionaire. He previously predicted that it would be 250,000 by June 2023. That's passed. 
he just came out again this week saying that he still thinks this is possible but it'll take another two years he said that he wasn't expecting the US to be so aggressive in its enforcement mm. again these are just people talking yeah. with no basis don't high about it I think <laughs> that's the idea don't high about it you can but, listen but, like show a bit and then you know and then you move on I right? hope it's not a plan guys right like, we but, must, but, a, but a new argument for Bitcoin has emerged from mm. Arthur Hazer can you share with us? Basically, he says that Bitcoin is going to be the currency of AI. <laughs> Finally, someone has... Uh, well, I allergy say. I am allergy to these things. It is, um, I mean, you know, definitely trying to kind of tie both Bitcoin mm. with like the, the on-trend. on a stronger narrative. Yeah. Stronger narrative, yeah, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, but there, there are essentially four reasons that you cited. Like, so like, you know, decentralization and independence, right? So like Bitcoin's decentralized nature allows it to operate independently of traditional financial systems. So this could then be advantages for AI systems, which may require a level of financial autonomy. I mean, I'm not sure how that argument actually holds in the sense that like why, you know, like would certain AI systems require that level of financial autonomy? Yeah. You know, first of all, most of the massively adopted software out there already, you know, they're, they're controlled by huge corporations, right? So that that's one, right? And then uh, second of all, 24-7 markets, unlike traditional markets bitcoin operates 24 7 so you know it aligns with the round the clock nature of ai systems global accessibility and finally smart contract capability yeah mm, so mm. through integration with other technologies like ethereum uh, bitcoin could enable ai systems to engage in complex financial transactions mm. all his arguments though apply for any cryptocurrency right yeah not just it does not need to yeah. be either. it can be a central bank currency also right and i don't know i'm not as so like anyway, just just a side story do y'all know why the wall street rent is crazy you know, a lot of the offices around Wall Street, right? They're all rented by for servers. Do you know that, right? It's because oh. uh, actually a lot of the data transmission is still by wire. Uh, just, mm. for, just for clarity's sake, it's not in the air, right? So a, a lot of people, actually a lot of these kind of like um, algo traders, right? Or a lot of the, even the big, the big fund house, they all rent offices around it so that they, they have the lowest latency and they're the closest to the server systems in, in Wall Street. Right, right, right. That's actually really interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so 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 actually they set up servers around it so that they are the closest to it from a network hmm. and, and effect perspective, right? Like the wires hmm. are very short, relative. And that is the basis of data transmission you know, to date, right? We are we are still all governed by wires under the, the deep sea cables, right? Mm. That's how data transmits, right? So all these kind of AI, AI thing, right? I, sometimes I feel like they push it a bit much, right? Like, like it's built upon certain ideas, yes, you know, it will develop certain things, but to make it sound like so much integration, that's the future and, and all that, but actually the fundamentals is still server systems. We are still, you know, tied to a lot of very traditional hardware things, you know, that, that, I'm not sure if, yeah, really, how do you merge all these things? Right? Yeah, it's just a side story. But yes. I mean, yes, it's, a, yes. it's nice. I guess you 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 also can't fault some of these people for being idealists. Like, you know, I mean, like that, that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's We all need why, idealists. You need a preacher right? for everything. Yes. Oh yeah, Arthur Hayes is a very good storyteller. Yeah, he's, a great, he's a great storyteller. Um, yeah. But I mean, at least from, from our view, la, you know, like Blockhead's mm. view. So if Bitcoin were to re reach 120k USD, it would signify a major shift in global financial systems. La. Yes, right? I so agree. That is... Hey, Marshall, I work in Blockhead, right? I agree. Yeah. Okay. Because you must essentially nice. 4x the market cap, yeah. right? That means from today's market cap, you must get 4x the amount of money to come into the crypto yep. space. I mean, uh, in a very broad stroke idea. La. But you, where are you going to get this 4x? You must convince a lot more people to, to bring money into the space, right? And uh, I'm not sure if that's going to work la, Yeah, at this point in time. Or maybe people can load up on that. La. They can level I mean, up. that's always the question, right? Where Where is mm. the money going to come from? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless we see another period of like, you know, like quantitative easing that we saw during COVID. Mm -hmm. But that's only temporary. Lah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But do you think minus gonna play a, a role? Because it sounds like everybody is talking about minor suddenly. Like for a long time, I never hear anything about mining. Like I, I only know my friends that have moved out of the mining business. It's it's just, it's because of the halving cycle, right? It comes around every uh, what four and a half years or so, right? And like the next one is due early twenty twenty four. So every time it's close to a halving event, talk about mining comes up again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like this thing that you forget and suddenly, like, hey, we are new, remember? <laughs> right? It's like, oh my goodness, I cannot, cannot. But I but mean, yeah. we could see the role of miners becoming more influential, right? If their hoarding mm. practices, you know, does continue to impact supply, right? Mm. Uh, mm. And then there's this issue where like, you know, you essentially create more centralization systems designed to be decentralized. Yeah. So so that that is the, I would say, the byproduct of actually hoarding. Yeah, you create whales. <laughs> Correct. Right, the, the one that I actually have, an, uh, the biggest issue here is like, you know, like uh, trying to kind of conflate like Bitcoin as the currency of AI. Like. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, let's just say, for example, that really does happen, right? Mm. The idea of having some sort of decentralized AI is, you know, precisely the kind of nightmare scenario that a lot of people do not want. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot. I, yeah. <laughs> AI is AI, eh? doesn't need to yeah. be connected with Bitcoin, eh? right? So yeah, don't convolute everything together. But that, that does not mean that there is no possibility of, uh, you know, L far in the space right to to make some money right i think there is a possibility as always but yeah i'm not sold by these ideas right so maybe there'll be a momentum swing yeah yeah we, we can definitely agree on like you know like the, the possibility mm. of them being a you know another bull run and, and bitcoin you know like really going up right but i think that these price yeah. targets are just are just there to capture attention aspirational right? so it's, it's nice, yeah it's nice As to see like you know like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, six, a six a six digit kind of like you know like a price target and you know that mm -hmm. makes everyone feel a certain way right but i think that yeah. the underlying that is just like okay look like the possibility of another bull run is there whether that hits like a six figure target i mean that that is just yeah you, you, it's anyone's guess like, in my opinion <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy that, I mean, that's my... it, yeah it, it's it's easy to support the view that bitcoin will have a better year in 2024 like mm. it can't get any worse yeah, but if you guys think about it, right, like 2020, 2021, you know, where interest rates were, were all-time low and it's a lot of money flowing in the system at its peak, right, at that point with all the capital kind of flowing in and all those kind of like whack-ass tokens also pumping, right? Bitcoin was like, what, 70, 65, 66 US mm. at its peak, right, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that that is, for, for this to hit 120K in this climate, right, I mean, it is it is a huge leap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There must be yeah, a war somewhere, like a big yeah. war, right? If there was a big war somewhere, money needs to flow out in a short period. Ah, of time. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah, that's a different, there's a, I don't know, some bomb somewhere, boom, boom, you know? Ah, okay, okay. Then there's a possibility. But it's all these are uh, moonshot scenarios, right? That I don't know if there's a, of course, uh, undeniable probability but yeah I, I'm, I'm not so but I agree with Tim that it is easy to support that there is potentially some growth in 2024 like prices will potentially move up a little bit more than where it is but yeah I, I find I find it very yeah, hard to, if, if to the past years have taught us anything it's just better to not make any predictions well mm. I, I think what is going to be interesting to see I mean in this space uh, looking beyond Bitcoin would be your CBDCs and also like you know like the tokenized I mean you're going to see a lot more tokenization of asset private assets right that, that's going to take another it feels like it might be another major theme right now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair. I, um, get it. I get it but yeah. soon you'll see my face as a token Right, half a million. <laughs> I will sell my face. Okay, but yeah, that what is. Say, uh, what about say like uh, how much for another body part, dude? Yes, uh, never mind, never mind. That one is fine, lah. Say that one complex, complex discussion, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. but yeah, that is the first story. You know, uh, don't be too hyped up, lah. I guess, right? That is our take. Okay, right. yeah. And I guess uh, for our second story of the day, there is a I would say it's a new. Do you call it a protocol or token? It's a token. Yes. 
right? It's a protocol. <laughs> New token called Arkham. Essentially, like the what what it does is that you can dox people to earn a. Oh uh, that, that, That's the whole idea, right? So, it, I guess the the whole idea behind this is to buy and sell information on the owner of any blockchain wallet address. Oh my goodness! Anonymously via smart contract, right? And Arkham's mission is to de-anonymize the blockchain. And obviously, this has sparked like a lot of controversy and debate, like, Because uh, you know the whole idea of like why people are in the space for a lot of people, at least, like you know, it's the idea that you are a sovereign individual and you whoa whoa we're going there the sovereign the sovereign (laughs) discussion is like it's not even it's not even borderline conspiracy it's like you're straight into the like the garden of conspiracies but anyway yes please go I I think that like like, I think where where a lot of this yeah yeah, where where a lot of this controversy is also coming from is because this it operates on a kind of like a bounty kind of like marketplace model right so like like the more if you're able to kind of like dox people more right you can earn more you Mm, know so mm. I think that that is that is uh, there's some fear there that you know it could be misused uh, and rightly yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I quote, uh, so Arkham, represented by its token ARKM, right, is a project that aims to bring transparency to the blockchain through the use of artificial intelligence, right? So it's essentially an Intel to earn economy that seeks to de-anonymize the blockchain, revealing the people and companies behind cryptocurrency transactions, right? So it has developed a proprietary AI engine known as Ultra, which is designed to algorithmically match blockchain addresses with real-world entities. The idea here is that this could bring like, you know, a new level of transparency to the industry, which is you know, often criticized for its opacity. Wow. It's quite sophisticated, I mean, at least in terms of like oh, the, the products la. that they have. La. Right? So like, uh, it has essentially two main components, a platform, an analytics platform and an Intel exchange. Okay, so analytics platform, it pretty much does what it says on the tin. La. Like provides uh, data analytics and you know, detailed information about individuals, companies involved in you know, crypto transactions. The Intel exchange, on the other hand, is like it's essentially a marketplace where you can buy that information. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the founder says that the ability to identify entities behind blockchain transactions can or could have prevented the loss of billions of dollars uh, you know in crypto you know he says that the like this sort of information is valuable during crisis or scam events uh, but wrong. what it essentially is is turning crypto into uh, East Germany you know during the Cold War where you know wow. <laughs> you are just being paid to snitch on your peers right wow. <laughs> East Germany also come out already <laughs> Wow, very intense uh, today's discussion. I mean, but, but you watch I, the movie, you know, the lives of others. Yeah, the same. It's the same thing, man. Like people call it snitching as a service. But wow. yeah, do you want to de-anonymize blockchain? Like it's supposed to tears down one of its uh, most Big central pillars, it, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, don't know, I mean, huh? like, I think that this is just, it's a result of what's been happening uh, with uh, all the different collab- high-profile collapses and scams and frauds. You know, like uh, over the past couple of years, there are portions of the community and, and I would say people outside the community in particular that would want such transparency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously governments, <laughs> institutions would like I that mean, kind of thing. Of course, <laughs> which institution doesn't want like opacity, right? Or like uh, clarity yeah. on these things. So what is kind of legality around this and like, you know, like, oh, that, is, that is, is it okay? Can you actually do that? You know, like, like so, so I don't know. According or, to or does Arkham, the law even care? Right? So you, I mean, you do your own yeah. shit. You're, you're sovereign ma, anyway. I had a look at the website, right? The founder says that what they are doing focuses on analyzing publicly available information and then using AI to make connections about what sort of entities own which particular wallets. So what they're saying is like, yeah, you know, it's publicly available information and they're just using their platform or technology to match entities. So I guess one of the reasons why, I guess when we're discussing this topic amongst the three of us, I'm just going to surmise that we don't really 
give a shit about this privacy thing. Is that because this topic is like, it, it cuts at the, at the center of like a lot of like heated debates within the community. And what I'm trying to say here is that depending on who you're talking to, right? Like some people would have really strong views about this. Uh, my, my, my own personal view is that, yeah, I mean, I would like more transparency. It's just whether that changes the way we, <laughs> you know, like the idea of it being an unshakable tenant of like crypto uh, and blockchain, you know, I think people should be open to the idea of some sort of evolution. Mm. Yes. I think what at least crypto Twitter or like various parts of, of the internet have an issue with is the bounty marketplace model. Correct, yeah. I mean, you get tokens for snitching, basically. And then, yeah. Snitches get stitches, man. <laughs> Snitches get ARKMs. <laughs> Annoying. And then like some of them also say that, you know, that this model can be misused. For example, uh, whales or large-scale investors can use the platform to manipulate the market to their advantage. Hmm. I mean, but they already do, they, they already have other tools to kind of do that anyway. So like, it's not like, you know, like if you have, if you're a whale, if you can, you have significant amount of like ammunition to kind of manipulate the market. It's already happening, you know? So like the whole game is never fair to begin with. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't, uh, just don't, don't, don't be one of them, you know? But, yeah, if, but if, I, I think yeah. where it, where it becomes interesting to watch, you know, is that depending on the outcome of like how much traction this actually really has down, you know, over the, the course of the next months or years, right? Uh, it could really shape, I would say, yeah, the culture and also the general direction of the crypto industry you know mm-hmm. I'm sure other services will come out as a shadow service to cover then you know like back and forth it becomes a war zone you know around it around it I mean there are already like you know crypto intelligence service yeah, uh, providers all these things it's- and there's a lot of on-chain sleuths and all that but this just uh you know, incentivizes people with information to profit from it. Lah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I would say that one more thing to add here is like from a legal point of view lah, is that how do you verify these snitches? You know, I mean, yes, the things that are available online are like, you know, like your blockchain wallet address and, you know, like you, you have some sort of like technical data on it, but then personal information, background information, company information, like how do you actually verify those sources, you know, and especially in a bounty marketplace like this, right, where people are, are incentivized to just, you Why know. Why do you need to verify a snitch? Like yeah, the snitch just it, provides you the breadcrumbs, which you can then, you know, follow the trail, yeah. which it does automatically on its, uh, through its AI. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to verify the mm. snitch, uh, just see who, who moves a lot of Arkham out into some Uniswap law. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Right. I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about verifying the snitches. I'm talking about verifying the quality of inf- of the information provided by the snitches. Oh, yeah, yeah. then then yeah. that is for the yeah. platform to to care, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Anyway. So like, how do they do yeah. that? And how how does the AI actually do that? You know, like it's not as simple as like, especially because it's a bounty marketplace, right? Then everyone's just incentivized to kind of like come out and say, hey guys, I, I know something about this, right? And then the platform is just trusted to kind of verify it. So that verification process is an issue, like, like how how do you get around that? Especially if it, if you if it's going to be utilized, right, in some sort of legal context. Right, right, right. So yeah. you mean you mean like verifying the information Correct. that they provide, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. So like yeah, then this is where I think it's the fundamental issue here. And if they, if they really do get it right and, you know, like they're, they're able to provide a level of verification through their AI system, right? I think this will get a lot of traction. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Biggest client will be the government, I'm quite sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite sure. So, cool stuff. Let's see. Yeah. Woo. Okay, um, moving on to the third story. I, I thought uh, th- this is something that, that came up this last week. This is something a bit more but... fun. Uh, the second one, very intense. Uh. <laughs> yeah, very, I mean, very that, that, that very one heavy. can go on for hours. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> third story. Uh, this this is something that came up last week, but I thought we haven't had a chance to talk about it since it came out after the, the last episode was recorded. Well, basically, a turd covered in glitter is still a turd, right? So, actually... <laughs> Basically, rebooting FTX is a terrible idea. This is a proposal mooted by the exchange's new 
CEO who's, who, who uh, <laughs> took the reins in November, uh, spearheading the reboot, John J. Ray III. He was quoted as saying that uh, FTX has begun the process of soliciting interested parties. Oh, reboot God, dude. FTX.com. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this sounds like a desperate plea for a life. Things so about FTX, okay? So like, you know... Uh, <laughs> well, they're planning a comeback. Reggie, why why would a reboot even be considered in I your don't, opinion? I don't, don't, don't try. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, there is always legacy brand value on certain things, but I don't think in this scenario you can reboot like that. La. Right, like like who, who's gonna who's gonna come in, right? But like creditors tend to fare better, right, when a company reboots instead of being sold for parts. Of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course. In in this case, this is what we call a turnaround, right? If the companies can be turned around, of course, they'll be sold better than at a fire sale price, lah, right? So I'm sure internally the management would love for this, right? But what, what are the odds and how much capital you're going to then put in to try to turn it around, right? Um, today, I think I'm just saying no, no, no to everything. I don't, I don't, mm. don't, don't. <laughs> Please well, don't. look, okay, I think I think before we even kind of like think about this possibility, right, I think we should, we should also then think about, let's just say that they want to reboot, right, what they need to do, you know, and like, it is not uh, an easy road by any means. Uh, so like, you know, like if for a company that is going through liquidation, and if they want to reboot the whole damn thing, right, first of all, they will need to have, you know, to confirm a plan of like some sort of reorganization, right. And this is going to be a long drawn out negotiation process where like, you know, your key creditors, right, will have to agree to support the plan number one. And then the bankruptcy judge would then also need to kind of say, hey, this plan actually makes sense right? Not impossible, but I think that these are some things that really do need to be in place. And then the judge would then need to approve the liquidation plan, right? So I think that there are some legal hurdles to get over. And then more importantly, we are here, right? Is that you think about the brand name, right? <laughs> how would you rehabilitate? How do you turn it around? Yeah. yeah. Like even if, they, even if let's say they, they got it together, how would you rehabilitate a brand like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I will not do it. It's just a cautionary tale for everyone, right? Like turning around businesses uh, is damn difficult, right? And uh, turning around an organization that has done something like that is, is impossible. So if, if their plan is to release some new tokens and, and then hoping that people will kind of leap into it, then... uh. Yeah, please don't. Look, the, the, the thing is that like FTX like currently has a large pool of crypto assets in the form of FTT, which is their native token. I mean, right now, without a reboot, they're going to be worthless. And then they're yeah. also like dealing with Bahamian authorities who seized yeah. like 195 million FTT. I think it's just a complete pipe dream. Because if you, if you consider the history, right, it has happened before where like, you know, certain large companies you know, have come back from bankruptcy, right? So like uh, some examples include like, you know, like Toys R Us, air carriers like Continental and uh, American Airlines, right? But I don't think this has, ha has happened for like a, a business of a similar nature as FTX. Yeah, you know? and, and, and let's not forget that it's yeah. not business that has done badly. This is also like corporate fraud, misuse of customer funds, all that kind of stuff. So there's also trust issues that need to be rehabilitated. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's different from, let's say you run a like a giant corporation and then you, okay, I fire sale this part, I cut this one, you know, I take a loan and then I re regroup and come back together. That's one thing, but to run a whole kind of financial operation, right? It is crazy. It is it's not the same, right? And, and I don't think anybody would trust them enough to give them another chance. At least that's my thing, lah. I mean, I think that they should, if they want to reuse the, the name, right? Like maybe pick a different kind of business yeah, or like... sell burgers uh, or something. I don't know. I don't know. Or like, you know, it could be yeah. really funny. Like, maybe they, beca they can become like, you know, some sort of like a non-profit like, watchdog. Uh, you know, they, they, they go after kind of crypto scams. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that, that is one way to rehabilitate the, the image from the ground up, you know, like, you know, like. <laughs> Becoming a watchdog is quite funny. Right, right, 
right? And, I mean, yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and that's the kind of narrative that people will be, I mean, it's a, it's a real what <laughs> kind of narrative, right? But at least, like, they would no longer be in the business of, like, taking customer money. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> become an intelligence watchdog because they got all the data pool. Right, and, like, we, they certainly have the experience and know what to kind of watch for, right? <laughs> Damn annoying. Damn annoying. You see, you come back, uh, the show degrade quality. Right? Dude, but but it's, it's, it's just quite funny, but it's quite funny. <laughs> annoying, annoying. But but this guy, John J. Ray, right? He's got to do something, right, as the exchange CEO now. He's 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 being paid $1,300 per hour plus expenses for his work at FTX. Uh, I think since April, I mean as of April, like FTX has racked up 200 million in professional fees. Uh, this is since it's gone bankrupt. Lah. So all that has to be paid out before mm. creditors, you know, will see any of their money back. Yeah, I guess for all of us with uh, funds stuck on the platform, FTX man, like this is this story, this this last story really makes me fucking boil up. <laughs> okay, anyway, that, that, that's that's all I'm saying that matter lah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, watchdog, uh, watchdog, FTX yeah. gonna be a watchdog, right? Funded by funded by the US government. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is their corporate interest like, I totally understand why they would want to do something like that but just cautioning everyone like don't try don't hope that it will turn around don't participate in whatever shit they're trying to do you may be the last backholder <laughs> to pay for the legal fees right so just just yep. let's start it move on go somewhere I mean, else I mean, we, we are, are similar opportunities similar, uh, similar uh, attempts in Singapore from Babel uh, you know with yeah, their yeah, hope yeah. token <laughs> so, like, let's, see, let's see what happens uh. the near future is bound to be quite interesting hope, hope <laughs> is hope is not a plan hope is not a plan but yeah FTT don't touch no more FTX yeah <laughs> any last words for FTX I've already said my last word already. I don't want to say it again about it <laughs> <laughs> this will be the last time you ever hear about FTX on our show, is it? Are we gonna do a, like an FTX embargo? <laughs> right, well, I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe for a while, uh, I think I can control my emotions better. Yeah, 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 yeah better. Not. You target first. You hold, hold yourself. You manage. You. I must breathe. Must breathe. But yeah, yeah. So I think that's it for FTX and for today. Any last things anybody wants to add? For, for oh, today. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to be back, man. Like, you know, nice talking to you guys. Yeah, hope yeah, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hope, hope, hope you never... It, hope our audience invite. never feel like, well, like, Mark, come back. Uh, well, I'll degrade again. Hope, right, you get, uh, I hope I get invited back again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay we'll see the numbers we'll see the numbers but yeah <laughs> uh, hope to see all of you next week again and yeah meanwhile if you want to check out some of the articles that's been written today uh, head over to blockhead.co and we will see you next week take care guys bye, bye. Right, see ya bye Hey Coconuts, so yes, uh, I hope you enjoy this new show that we're building together with the team at Blockhead and uh, the goal is very clear, right? We're not here to shield any token or be a cheerleader for any project but we feel that there's a lot of development that's going on in this space that we could cover and continue to be a little bit smarter um, as investors. I mean, eventually you tune in every week to a financial podcast network so that you can be smarter with your investments and if it so happened, this is something that you're looking at, the crypto space, Web3, Metaverse, all these kind of stuff then that is where we're trying to cover but not from the angle of like this is good that is bad but really trying to see it from like what is happening how is it developing and I hope you find this useful and interesting right? so if you want to continue to get more coverage around the crypto space check out blockhead.co and then we will see you next week